Hello from Estonia and welcome to the Startup in Estonia podcast uh, produced by Startup Estonia and hosted this season by me, Adam Rang. It's okay not to be okay. If you remember one thing from this episode, then remember that because life can be tough and some days are going to be better than others. Like You already have so many responsibilities in your family, in your relationships, in your home. You've got bills to pay. You've got a pandemic to live through. And on top of all that, you're building a startup. Or perhaps you're listening to this because you're planning to build a startup while juggling another job or, or your studies. And building a startup can be one of the best things you ever do, but it can also be the most stressful and lonely thing you ever do. In fact, it can be all those things at the same time. And yet, until relatively recently, we used to pretend this wasn't the case. We convinced ourselves that startup founders need superhuman strength and little time for personal life or even sleep. But that's bullshit. Startup founders are humans who need those things just as much as anyone else. If someone says they are working continuously and getting virtually no sleep, then either they're not quite telling the truth or they're heading for a serious burnout. And more founders are now speaking up about the importance of mental health and opening up about their struggles. And talking about it is a good thing, whether that's on a podcast, a TED stage, or just with one other person that you can trust. It's the first step to getting the right help. And it may be all the help you need. And it's also going to help inspire other people uh, to speak up and get help too. So it's okay not to be okay. You can acknowledge you have bad days, bad months, bad years. And there's just nothing more valuable than your health. And your mental health is just as important as your bodily health. And uh, if you're building a startup, then it's not just your mental health that you have to think about. You also have a responsibility to support the mental health of your team. And what do you do if an employee develops a mental health problem? How do you create the conditions that help prevent that from happening in the first place? Or at least, you know, creates an environment that means that they can get the support they need when it does happen. And you know what? It's good for business to have a mentally healthy team. That's not the only reason why you should support your team's mental health, of course. It's also the right thing to do. But at least it makes investing in it a no-brainer. And if you invest your time listening to this episode on the subject of uh, supporting mental health, then I, I, we want to give you a good return on your investment because we're going to talk about practical ways startups can support mental health. And we're going to look more closely at one startup that seems to be doing it right. So I'm joined by two guests from a startup that's already made a big investment into supporting mental health. That startup is Pipedrive, and our guests are Jürgen Matzi and Lelia Rohuma. Welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, a lot of people around the world know Pipedrive. Uh, you're one of Estonia's uh, biggest startups. For those that don't know, can you give us your elevator pitch? Yeah, Pipedrive was founded 10 years ago. Uh, by five Estonians, who I think already at the beginning knew some of the pain, what uh, mm. it means to have a uh, startup. And uh, what we do is uh, we provide something very useful for sales teams. So it's a CRM and it helps to uh, uh, find good leads and uh, manage them and also get to the results uh, faster. 
Okay, so some people, uh, they might be using Excel at a very early stage to uh, manage these kind of leads in a quite chaotic way, but you create, you've got a much better platform for organizing that. Exactly. And how many, how many customers do you have now in what kind of countries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we have customers over 150 countries and um, over 90,000 sales teams are using our platform. So, mm. um, so it's widely used and um, we are very happy about it. Good. And you're, you're, you've got a new office in Tallinn, which is very impressive from the outside. What's it like inside? Yeah, it's uh, even better inside. Okay. And actually, not only in Tallinn, uh, but also in Tartu. Just uh, okay. this summer, we moved to the new office. And uh, I need to say that uh, I have never considered moving to Tartu. But uh, now when the office is almost ready, then uh, it's very tempting to okay. <laughs> think about it. But yeah, I think um, uh, when talking about Tallinn office, then um, it's very cozy really provides this kind of uh, environment where you can uh, enjoy working and uh, enjoy the people around you. And we have different teams like uh, nature, uh, music, sports, uh, floors. So uh, Mm. making sure that people also find their rooms and meeting rooms as fast as possible. So so it's quite logical. And we have also a very nice uh, second floor, which is meant to be for gathering together okay with covid now it's a little bit more difficult but uh, but yeah to get people together have a lunch together or have um, a massage or uh, really mm-hmm, okay. or yeah play uh, table tennis or just relax and and have a nice uh, talk with your colleague I've heard of a lot of startups with table tennis I've never heard of uh, massage before at mm-hmm. work interesting um, Jorgen, Lelia, what are your roles at Pipedrive? My job title is personal coach. Mm. But that is, doesn't uh, have almost nothing to do with sports. <laughs> um, so um, one of my kind of starting from the anecdotal, it's, um, I think it was um, early this year, I explained my position to, to one of my friends and he kind of thought about it a little and said, um, oh, so you're like a school psychologist, but in an organization or in a company. Uh, and this is something like that. So, uh, so um, we do counseling work on individual level uh, for basically anybody who is up for it. We do some organizational work, uh, organizational psychology work together with uh, the people and culture team um, on topics like company culture and and what kind of in-house trainings to provide, uh, what would be useful, uh, both in in areas like soft skills, uh, social uh, social performance, like public speaking, for example, or or how to how to communicate with each other. Mm, mental health topics uh, are on our table, so uh, both on on the individual and on the group level. Uh, yeah so uh, so and and the team currently um uh, we do have a coaching team which consists of agile coaches which uh, who do work uh, on the organizational and mostly on the engineering level um and personal coaches work with uh, with anybody really uh, and there's three of us currently uh, and and we all have uh, backgrounds in psychology so uh, and and have worked as as counselors or or therapists before so uh Wow, three personal coaches. And do you report into HR or where do you sit within the organization? It Currently, like, mm, 
it doesn't matter that much, but technically we are a part of engineering organization actually because mm-hmm. it's the it's the largest uh, largest part of PipeDrive, and and the the creation of the coaching structure actually happened in a way that uh, in engineering uh, they moved more towards more independent uh, teams and then kind of more responsibilities towards every single engineer as opposed to having kind of the traditional engineering model where you have a team of four to six engineers and you have a manager on top of them and then you have four to six managers and you have a managers managers on top of mm-hmm. them and so you you create this pyramid which which kind of in in modern engineering context uh, creates a whole lot of problems so they decided to go for more professional managers in in larger teams and then kind of the manager role really focusing on on uh, on, on kind of the larger picture and then they thought that okay like if uh, we we should also if we want to have pr- more professional managers why not create a specialist role which would be really independent and and kind of um, and that comes with the perks obviously one of them is is trust because there are a lot of things that somebody wouldn't want to talk about to their manager doesn't matter if the relationship with the manager is 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 good or bad right you can also imagine that that if somebody really likes their manager and and has a really good like personal connection maybe they don't want to sh- that's because uh, mm-hmm. they don't want to show themselves in a bad light for example yeah but if you have this kind of really independent role, such uh, such as ours, uh, and and kind of we have established and and like that that we work uh, with the confidentiality is is the like the central thing uh, in our role. Mm. For example, I'm a member also of the Estonian Psychologist Association, and actually our code of ethics says that uh, when working on an individual level, you work for the individual, mm. which which kind of uh, creates this inherent um, confidentiality uh, confidentiality guarantee, uh, and uh, and and so trust is is easily created as as compared to maybe somebody who's who has like. A, agenda from their own role or from the company's perspective so you can really have this open space for for self-development or for uh, solving any kind of problems be them work-related or otherwise because that's actually one of the questions i get asked most often is that people often enter the coaching relationship with some kind of a work-related goal for example they want to improve uh, in in some area that that is directly performance related they want to become more efficient they want to uh, become better uh, better leads uh, or, or to develop leadership skills and and then you get kind of you you do some progress with that and then uh, then after a while they say like hey but but would it be okay if i would talk also about something not mm-hmm. job related and i'm like yes that's like literally it's 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 brought out in our introductory introductory page but but still people have this doubt or responsibility uh, but but the role was also created with a notion in mind that whatever is bugging the person if it's like personal topics mental health topics can even be like they they can be connected to their social network outside the company right when it's bringing them down then, mm. then it's also it will affect how they will perform at work. It's and, interesting yeah. beca- because until relatively recently, like it was seen as a bad thing to kind of mix your personal life and your work life, like, or bring your personal problems into work with mm-hmm. you. And I guess it has that that's really changed quite recently. Then people are much more willing to open up now 
um, and admit if they're having problems that are kind of affecting them at work. Or Whereas maybe in the past, people think maybe it's going to affect my career if I admit to someone that uh, I'm not doing so well because of some personal issue. Yeah, just like I said, like that's, that's I think, one of the perks that comes with a role. Obviously, it's in, in smaller companies and, and these things do get discussed with uh, with managers and HR as well occasionally. But uh, but it's really good that uh, that there is this independent role that mm. has no stake in this specific issue that you can kind of... Obviously, you need to have, like, trust as well uh, so... Uh, so that uh, they 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 won't go and and talk about it somewhere else. Um, uh, what background do you have then, um, in order to get this role? Um, I, I I finished uh, Tartu University with a master's degree in psychology, okay. uh, and and then did some uh, specialized uh, like therapist training on on top of that. Uh, worked as a therapist for a little while, also taught in the university, and and then kind of was thinking about uh, what to do next after I had uh, been on on paternal leave uh, with my with my kids um, and and there was pipe drive wanting to consult me on on how to how to create this role at first and I was saying that that okay I can kind of give my opinion no strings attached uh, whether you end up creating the role or not um, or, or whether you're going to choose me or not, and and then they uh, decided to hire me as the first one, and mm. and that was a completely surprising turn of events for me because I I, I didn't uh, I didn't know about these roles, which actually do exist in 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 other IT companies as well, maybe not as dedicated and and focused as in Pipedrive, but uh, but kind of I have found out that there are also people with therapy and psychology background uh, working in in other companies as well yeah. i guess some yeah. people might be wondering at what point do you hire someone like you because um and and who does it until until your startup is big enough to afford uh, to have mm-hmm. someone dedicated to it who does that job before then and what's the right point when you think like this startup is now the right size that we need people dedicated solely to kind of personal development and these kind of issues like technically i think that uh, that Air quotation marks. This job is is done by by managers and and also when the when there is gonna be a a like a people department or, or HR department, uh, but it does come with with certain problems. So I would advise that before the company is is large enough, I would say like maybe one hundred plus people definitely. Um, then it just needs to be a open topic uh, that that mental health is a thing. Like it's it's uh, you you mentioned that um, that people used to separate more like the um, home and and work issues, right? But but I always say that I kind of find the also the term um, uh, work life balance a little bit odd because mm. because like it's it's I'm. I'm still the same person, right? Yeah. So, so it's it's not like I'm not leading two lives. Like it's it 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 is gonna have a a carryover whether I want it or not, and and kind of trying extra hard maybe to keep that separation can actually, which is sometimes recommended, right? You you shouldn't take your work at home and you shouldn't take your home to work, but really enforcing that that can actually create extra problems. Like mm. you you'd be maybe better off when you kind of build more awareness and try to realize that, that you you admit to that okay this is going to affect me like my work life is going to affect me how i feel at home and vice versa and and kind of up and and then try to become aware about those connections and and what affects what and and how mm, 
and also like when you're and I really like to use the term health in the th- in the sense that um, as opposed to the term that is used a lot burnout like burnout uh, kind of has this connotation that it's a binary condition right you you are either burnt out or not right mm. but when we're speaking about health it becomes more apparent that obviously when we're talking about people these are some kind of symptoms and and traits and their interactions on a spectrum right so so they're divided on a spectrum because you can imagine that okay like there's you can be in 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 ill health right and 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 have it even worse and and you can be okay and you can be better than okay and you can be super excellent and and this goes for physical health um because you can be in super good physical condition and and you can be in not so good physical condition goes the same mm. for mental health like we 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 do normalize that sometimes you you wake up from the bed and you can you can feel that your nose is a little bit congested, right? You, you you see that something is a little bit off here. Same goes for mental health. Like you can wake up and just dislike the world, which you maybe didn't yet do yesterday, and and you can become more aware about more aware about these things. So so these things are on spectrum, and this should be normalized. And 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 that's also like if you have some kind of. Um, if your mental health at home is is diminished or it's affected by your uh, the condition of your social health, because the World Health Organization also talks about social health, the mm. interactions between mental, physical, and social health. So, for example, if your social health is diminished, you're you're starting to feel more stressed out, more anxious about that. It's gonna affect you at work because you're still gonna think about that. Uh, maybe having some problems carries over to, uh, you also mentioned sleep, carries over to your uh, diminished sleep routine and and then you're going to be more tired at work. Maybe you feel your work performance is is also kind of declining and then you start to stress out about that. So uh, and, and then you are maybe more stressed again when you go home in the evening so so it's it's all connected it's it's kind of a matrix thing and and things are usually not black and white that this mm-hmm. is here and this is there and and it's either either one or zero but uh, but it's more okay. complicated maybe just something to add uh, as Jorgen mentioned that when do actually have someone internally helping people with their mental health uh, maybe one of the reasons why pipe drive is uh, successful is also because uh, actually we had since the beginning external coach mm. who helped our uh, exec- executive team and our mm. founders. So, uh, so e- even when it was a tiny group of people, exactly, were, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so maybe this also helped to actually keep their stress down mm. and actually help them to be uh, successful for so long time. So, so yeah, I agree with uh, Jorgen that I think as soon as possible, at least, even if not hiring internally immediately but at least have someone who supports you uh, from the beginning. But yeah, maybe one uh, fun fact uh, why Jorgen was meant to be joining our team is because he has very cool tattoo. So <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the um, pipe drive has these like... Uh, stated values which are very central to to our company culture and and are talked about in hiring process and and one of the values is no excuses uh and and just by by sheer coincidence uh, i had uh, in the spring way like couple of months before i knew anything about pipe really i had uh Amongst other things, I had no excuses tattooed on my arm. So, mm. uh, so you rolled up your sleeve in the interview, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good like it's I, I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah. um, Lely, what is your role in uh, Pipe Drive then? 
Yeah, my role is people and culture manager. And uh, what I do is I support people in Estonia, in Latvia, and uh, both employees and the managers, but also um, I lead a team of uh, HR operations and also learning and development. So actually the, the area of uh, people's growth and, and learning and development is something where we cooperate very closely with uh, personal coaches as well. And I think uh, this is something to suggest to other organizations as well when they are thinking of uh, having internal coaches I think this kind of a cooperation uh, uh, providing workshops helps people to actually get to know personal coaches without uh, first uh, signing up for one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching session because I'm sure that many people are still a little bit scared like uh, I don't know they're gonna do some voodoo and uh, start from my childhood or something like that like you know um organization also we we did this kind of um, be teachable um, couple of hours and we had there also one uh, live coaching session so we asked uh, one volunteer to uh, join and bring some uh, problem on the table and I think people then realized that okay actually I go with a very easy topic like I don't know uh, I don't yeah, I think it's it's kind of it was it was some kind of like team related performance yeah. thing. I had just a at that time I had uh, I think I asked a few coaches because obviously the kind of the you you, you don't have to publicly perform your your <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I had a couple of coaches and I asked them and and one of them who with whom I had just started I think we we had like two sessions or three sessions before was really willing to kind of bring her like she, she was like okay like it's it's I admit to my my like issue or problem and and we can talk about it on stage why not like I don't care and uh, and then we did like a demo snippet and uh, that was really popular people people really liked it because uh, and it was completely unscripted in the sense that we kind of knew the topic where we were going into but I was able to to show like the, the problem-solving techniques. Um, my background is in cognitive behavioral therapy, so it was kind of uh, quite quite directly from there. Was able to use like problem-solving techniques and and kind of help help the coachee forward with uh, with how how she thought about the problem. So uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty cool experience. And I guess when it comes to seeking out advice, I guess most people know more about like a mentor scheme where you're going to someone who, you know, they, they don't have any specific qualifications in mental health or anything, but at least it's someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are, say, a very small, a very early stage startup, for mm -hmm. example, you are like a one person, maybe, you know, you can't, you don't even have the budget for like kind of outside expertise to bring in, like how can you seek out a mentor? Kind of what's your advice? What should you be looking for in a good mentor? Mm. Like this is something that that Pipe Drive has uh, always had this like one-on-one -on -one culture in the sense that uh, managers and and teammates were always since from the beginning advised to to better have more than less direct one-on-one -on -one conversations with each other. Mm. So so I think this was also something that that kind of prepared the company culture for for a specialist role in in that regard but this is still done like uh, managers still still uh, have quite a lot of one-on-ones with their direct reports and and also employees are encouraged to have one-on-ones with each other mm. and i actually think that that kind of um, having somebody as a mentor and having somebody as a uh, like a supporting shoulder or a listening ear um, can also be like a different person because mentoring is sometimes um, it 
it is like a mentor can also provide like uh, the the space to, to just talk about your things but mentoring is often kind of there is a level of uh, like a aspect of seniority for example because you you wouldn't you wouldn't expect your mentor to for example be less experienced in your field or kind of your your field of interest but at the same time, like a empathetic listener, a good listener can be somebody even junior to you in your in your company or something like that. But uh, um, so so I think the most important thing for these types of people who who are good listeners is exactly that: be a good listener. Try to detach yourself from your personal agenda because that's that's kind of something that. I, I like to say like what makes uh, a a counselor or a or a coach or a or a therapist or psychologist what makes them different as a listener from a friend for example because lots of people do have friends they they will talk to and and the difference uh, one major difference is the mm, like uh, the lack of invested empathetic uh, involvement. Like if you're angry or sad and you talk about it to your friend, then kind of a measure to a certain extent of how good friend they are is how agitated also they will get mm-hmm. and, and kind of how, how much of that will they cry together with you, right? And, uh, um, and That's and, also important. Yeah, which is also important. And, and even there's like a good anecdote about that. Like one of my, uh, um, when I was in therapy training, uh, one of the, my co-students asked the professor like, uh, but, but how is it like, is it okay for a psychologist to cry when, with, when they're working with their patient? And the professor answered that it is okay to cry, but uh, not more intensively than the patient mm. does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Norm, not more intensely. But uh, but but the thing is that that we we as counselors we are trained to provide like a empathetic and accepting space. But and we do care about people we work with. I I, I really and that's I, I really like a lot of people I work with in PipeDrive. But at the same time, I I kind of I'm more oriented towards the larger picture. I, I won't go together with them when they do have like an intense negative emotion. I, I I provide the space, but I won't go there together with them. But but mm-hmm. a good friend does that. So so and and this is a like a, mm, a potential pitfall of non-professionals trying to fill that role is that um, emotions will be vented like usually people do feel better after that but actually even this just venting together when it's it's like shared uh, and and the other go- other person kind of goes together with you into that problem or or into that emotion that can actually help the emotion like there is a temporary relief but the problem will actually linger on and and will and might be even more sustained there is some research to point out that if people actually like physically vent their anger and and kind of then then they can have a more uh, negative memory of of what actually had happened. So so it can get sustained. And the other uh, I quickly want to point out that the other potential pitfall is especially for for I think um, organizations like like companies and and including startups is that you can get a lot of what is called triangulation in the sense that if somebody has some trouble with let's say person a uh, and they get along well with person b 
then they will go to person B and talk to them about it and mm-hmm. then kind of emotional event, whether it's it's like fear of something or, or being angry about something. Uh, and the person B will provide a good listening space and, and just listening space uh, and, and, and be a good listener. Then the, the, the original person who had this problem, they will have the feeling that they have done something to solve the problem whereas actually they have done nothing really mm-hmm. uh, so so this kind of person person b gets triangulated into this relationship like they they do act as a valve for pressure relief but but the problem is actually sustained mm. by the fact that person b is a good listener if the person b hadn't been there in the first place maybe the tension would have gotten high enough so the problem becomes visible and then it can be solved so, so this type of triangulation can actually facilitate in organizations, uh, it can facilitate problems staying hidden and, and lingering on. I see. And then you get office politics. And yes, exactly, and... exactly. And and somebody who's kind of, who has an eye to that, who is aware about that, and, and obviously all the listeners, like now you have maybe more awareness than you, uh, than you did mm. before. Be, be wary of that triangulation. It's kind of like, okay, like if the problem is, is between you and them, like, what can we do to actually solve it? Like, is there something that we can do to actually solve it? Or if there is no way to solve it, then what could we do to make the situation more bearable, more sustainable? Maybe there is, like, maybe maybe person uh, person A needs to needs to learn better coping techniques with with certain high pressure situations. So, so, so that's kind of my other advice. Like one is you, you provide a, especially for, for people who have no training in the matter, um, learn what it takes to be a good listener. Uh, and the other thing is, is if you see a problem, then try to be problem oriented. So, so it's like you, you provide an open space, like if there is just something somebody talks about, but then try to think about like, can anybody do something to, to actually improve the situation? And and if, if if the answer seems no, nobody can do that, then what kind of outside resources can you include? Like, can you include a, a specialist? Like, I don't mean a mental health specialist. Maybe it needs to be a technical specialist who helps to solve that problem. Uh, or it can be like maybe maybe they need to go to a a clinical psychologist. Uh, also going okay. to but the, yes. to your original question uh, that uh, founders often you know need to re- uh, read how much money they have and if they can invest actually to uh, have a personal coach, then my advice is that when you're in uh, early stage, ask for help. Then most probably you need uh, much less sessions and mm-hmm. it will be less costly for you as well. So I would better immediately contact someone who is a specialist in in this area and maybe you just need one session and you feel already so much better and you have some tools okay. to it's help of, yourself. It's kind of ironic in that like um, a startup like yours has like such good measures for supporting mental health, but then people just getting started in with their own startup at a very early stage are like, they're, they're, they're walking away from all the structures they had before that could have supported them and they're on their own and they're kind of they're the people that most need help but also the people with the least kind of help around them um so you're saying definitely kind of reach out to people um and listening to this i'm i'm getting a bit alarmed about the impact of the pandemic on all this because we talked about the importance of kind of one-on-one meetings i mean the the pandemic on its own is already like contributing to people's kind of mental health um 
And then on top of that, they can't have one-on-one meetings and kind of time uh, with, you know, their loved ones as much as before. How is this affecting kind of you guys at Pipedrive? How how is it affecting your job in terms of supporting people with these one-on-one meetings? Yeah, I think uh, obviously it affects everybody and it's still affecting um, all of us one way or another. And I think it was especially difficult at the beginning when the lockdown happened in March and, and everybody stayed at home. But actually we we contacted many people and had like from people and culture team also like proactive one-on-ones with, uh, uh, with our employees to understand how they are feeling. And I think mostly actually people were quite okay. Like uh, obviously some people who had like, I don't know, many kids at home, it mm. was obviously more difficult to manage the time. But uh, we had uh, people to share their best practices like daily. So uh, it was very interesting to see that uh, people started to read different articles, how to in the best way manage people remotely, how to manage your time, how to deal with kids and all the interruptions that you have at home, what you might not have at work. So, so I would say that uh, we all learned a lot and we are now in a much better place uh, in case this needs to happen again. But... Uh, you mentioned people and culture a few times. Is that what you call HR or is that... Mm-hmm. Your HR department is called people and culture? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the past, it was also called HR, but it felt so wrong. Mm, yeah. and, uh, and I think the people and culture feels better fit, actually, what we are providing to the organization. To me, human resources sound like what aliens would call kind of their, a term they would use at like their slave colony or something, but I much prefer people and culture. Like, so how does the culture side of it fit into supporting uh, your team's mental health? What kind of culture do you set at Pipedrive? Mm-hmm. So yeah, starting from one-on-one culture, obviously what is very important, and I think uh, is it a pandemic or not, I think it's very important that people have uh, regular discussions with their managers, with someone from people and culture team, or with friends uh, from work, uh, or with professionals like personal coaches. Because I think the most difficult part is when you don't talk about your issues and uh, you keep it into yourself for a long time, then the one point, you know, will be too much to handle and will the explosion will happen. So, mm. so this would be my first advice and to do. But yeah, how we how we keep the cool culture? Obviously, it's so much easier to keep it when the office is open. Mm. We currently have our offices in Estonia open, um, and about half of our employees in Esto- in Tallinn go every day to the office as well. Uh, in Tartu, it's it's much higher the percentage, and it makes sense as well. The group is smaller, and uh, a new pretty office uh, waiting for them. But uh, but also when we were on a lockdown, then we did different activities to keep people still engaged. Like in people and culture team, for example, we did like every morning a short 15-minute uh, coffee break. Mm-hmm. So really making sure that everybody have this motivation to get up because this might be already difficult when being at home and, and not needing to catch the train or bus or, or being there in, in a certain time. Yeah. And it really helped, like, uh, we, we didn't talk about work, we talked about different things, and actually we got to know about different people's hobbies uh, so much better. And um, we had different challenges, like uh, Fancy Friday, when uh, people needed to dress up. So again, like, maybe at home, it's very easy to just um, 
not uh, put mm -hmm. your proper clothes on, yeah. uh, but uh, but we had very funny pictures with uh, guys with suits and and uh, swimming uh, pens and uh, okay. <laughs> under the table basically. So so yeah, lot of fun. Is there a particular so mental health issues affect like literally everyone? But is there a particular problem with people in working in startups, either founding startups or working for startups? Um, you know, I, I guess they they tend to feel like they have to work long hours. Um, there's perhaps lots of stresses, a lot more stresses. What kind of specific problems do people working in startups get in terms of mental health? I think uh, I think especially for small startups, uh, people just um, they they strive away from routines that uh, sustain their health, mm. um, and and then you kind of have the extra occupational stress on top of that because you can have deadlines. You you have lots of uncertainty. Like you're investing even even the the very condition that you're investing so much time and energy into something that you feel very passionate about, but you have no idea whether it will fly or not. And, mm -hmm. and, and whether, and, and even kind of, let's say you, you get your first, uh, first one or two investors. Now you feel that you have kind of, you, you have to prove to them that their investment was worth mm -hmm. it and you, you want to grow and you want to have this exponential growth. So, um, so that's how burnout is described. Like it's this continuous chronic occupational stress that will result in uh, in in um, uh, like you feeling lethargic, you you feeling detached from your work and and decreased performance, right? But it is so closely to to actually it's so closely connected to. I'm not even saying mental health, but but health overall, because uh, as also mentioned, like it's people in startups, especially early phase startups, you're so in incentivized to kind of drop your exercise routines, eat less healthily, sleep less healthily. Because yes, like Elon Musk can say that that he sleeps for five hours per night, but but Elon Musk probably also has really good doctors. So uh, so um, so yeah, most of us like it's it's in startups the problem is is one of the problems is the huge survivorship bias. Like we we get focused on those very few who are very successful. But mm. but actually we we shouldn't focus on kind of the exceptional few, but we should like look at let's say top five hundred or top thousand startup startups and or or startup founders and see what they have in common. So so don't take after this one single very successful startup guy who says like oh I have this magic bullet right and and I have used that and that's what what's worked for me. So it's the same like Bill Gates and 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 Steve Jobs. I think they both dropped out of college, so so it's, it it doesn't mean that everybody should drop out of college who who wants to be successful. So the solution here is, might be as simple as kind of making sure you ring fence time for kind of personal life, for getting to the gym, yeah. going yeah. for a walk. Basically, you you the the more stressful work becomes, the the more you have to optimize like your. And I'm not saying like you, you shouldn't start to look because that's also a thing. People look for easy ways out. They look for the magic bullets and biohacking is a thing, right? Mm. But you should you should very much try to get your routine straight with the very basic health things. Like are you are you eating your greens? Are you eating your protein? Are you getting in at least, I would say, eight hours of sleep per night? And and it's easy actually to talk yourself into having decent sleep because it's like, yes, you can, for example, if you 
if you work very late and you, you have to get up early the next day, you will win some hours. But there's pretty good evidence that you will end up losing that productivity from mm. the following days if you don't catch up on sleep. And and also we know that kind of sleep, uh, uh, lack of sleep or or like it messes with your stress reaction and then you, you tend to be more physiologically stressed when you're sleep deprived. And and especially when we're talking about creative work, which which early startup phase is for everybody involved, like the, the engineers, the the whoever is doing the design, whoever is putting the putting the elevator pitches together, it's creative work. And the more stressed you are, the the less you are able to think outside the box. Mm. That's for a fact. Like it's when we we get this fight or flight system activated in us it, it like lit, your even like like your literal visual field will will start to narrow down because it's the system or our stress response our acute stress response has evolved to kind of either be able to chase something very specific or to run away from very specific the the, the problem is that in the in the times where those systems developed and uh, then then the stressors were were on very short spatial and and time scale but nowadays like with with startups the stressors are on a long and abstract time scale and, uh, yeah. it's interesting because you see the two extremes when it comes to fitness because okay i'm in kind of one extreme in that I haven't been to the gym in a long time. I'm really bad at giving myself time to go exercise and uh, I don't always eat very healthily. Um, and sometimes, you know, if I have a really long day, busy day at work, I just can't imagine kind of finding the time to do that. Um, but then on the other extreme, you see people who, like in the startup scene, people who really optimize their bodily health as if they're optimizing their startup, who are kind of, yeah, really, can I call it an obsession with kind of physical fitness? It, can that go too far as well? Of course. Uh, and I don't think it's it's kind of uh, inherent to specifically startups, but, but people can, they over, like, it's whatever system you're building, like, if you have lots of stress at work, as it is the case in startups, it makes sense to optimize your kind of physical health routines. All the while, like every good system and every good routine is flexible. So I think that's the criteria of, of if it's becoming too too obsessive, is it is it becoming too rigid? So that's the question. Is like is if somebody is yes, let it makes sense to to go to the gym, let's say four times per week on the same time, same gym, like you're wearing the same gloves. If you set that in place and it it creates a routine, it will eliminate. Like you you don't have to make the decisions, right? It's like uh, you don't have to make so many decisions. However, let's say you you skip one time for whatever you had a meeting on that time, or 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 kind of you I don't know you 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 napped and you didn't wake up at the right time. If you start to freak out because of that, that I now missed my 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 fourth time per week, which I have been doing for five to six weeks and and that was so perfect and now I missed one time if you start to freak out because of that then it's a sign of a rigid system which is which 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 can kind of go go wrong in so many ways so but uh, maybe something to add so if uh, one founder has a lot of people like you in the team then one trick could be to do a team building mm. so uh, you yeah. organize something with the team it's much difficult to find excuse not to go yeah yeah <laughs> And it's so much more fun to do something together as well. So maybe creating this kind of routines with the team, uh, everybody will win. So uh, something okay. to think about. 
And, but how do you, for your employees, how do you encourage them to kind of close down their laptops, switch off their phone and go and do, how, how do you encourage them to get enough sleep at night to go do their exercise to make sure that they're not kind of, they're not overworking? The one uh, possibility is uh, what we did in our Mustama Street office is we added gym to the office. Mm. So I run totally out of excuses not to do yeah. sports anymore because before it was always like, mm, don't have time, you know, like difficult to find uh, the best balance. But uh, yeah, I gave myself a promise that when the gym is ready and we move to the new office, then uh, I will start to use it. And then actually later on, I took a personal coach uh, for uh, gym. And personal uh, trainer. Trainer, sorry. <laughs> I'm a personal coach. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> A personal trainer and um, she's actually a little bit like coach for me as well because she's studying also psychology so I get ah, like two in one when I go to the sessions. But, uh, but yeah, and for me it's very easy that when I book the time in advance, it's in my calendar so nobody don't run over with the meetings uh, and, uh, and also I feel bad when I need to tell in the same day to the trainer that I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. So I have this social pressure and this has helped me. Maybe it helps you as well to set up the good routine. And in regards of exercise, don't consider only like formal exercise. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like you, most people, you, you can't create a form of formal exercise like six days a week or something like that. But it's also about like, are you walking to work? Do you do you take a bike ride now and then? Something mm. like that. These things. If if you live very close by, like can you maybe maybe you should set your mobile phone to to like ring every two hours and when it rings you you look out the outside the window and, and do even I don't know, like one squat or two squats maybe. Mm -hmm. Because like with, with movement is that like any movement is better than nothing. So when it comes down to like, and I don't want to use the word exercise because that's kind of, oh, mm -hmm. I have to go to the gym, but it's it's not only gym, like um, play with your dog if you have a dog, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also one option is actually to have meetings walking outside. So if you have people in the same office, why not to actually have your one-on-one -on -one discussion when walking next mm. to the beach? Very, very good uh, possibility. And it also actually gives a different view of the people. So there was uh, one period when I did it uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, some people, when you start one-on-one, -on -one, they walk very quickly. So, <laughs> so it's difficult to catch up a little bit. And then you understand that when they calm down, the walk will uh, calm down mm -hmm. as well. So it, it also gives a good uh, information, actually, when, when having a discussion. Yeah. Very good during a pandemic as well. Yeah. Exactly. Because you can also have, like, it's it's I haven't specifically recommended that to anybody, but I think I have now to, like, my main working space is in Tartu, but I work with people all over the pipe drive uh, quite a few people from Tallinn. I think two of my like ongoing coaches, they they have, they are now doing like, uh, we, we're doing the walking video call. Like they have mm. themselves decided like, okay, I'm going to have this session and, and they go somewhere where it's beautiful to walk for that time. And, and they do walk for the hour that we, we talk to each other. Mm. We've talked about burnout a few times and um, I guess all of us kind of, we hear it a lot as a warning about what to avoid. I don't really know what burnout is and like kind of what it feels like. Like what is burnout? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's not a, first of all, like it's not a clinical term. So, so kind of it's, it's not like a, that well specified term. And if you go, for example, into scientific literature, there's like tons and tons articles on burnout. Like I think it started in seventies and, and first they started to look into medical workers. 
but uh, but quite often you see that for example for you have like self um, self-report tests for burnout and and there are many different tests so so there's actually they can be quite different to each other and even the term burnout like in in research in 80s and 90s like some article can define it in one way and the other can define it in another way but but now what has happened now is that um, now the world health organization has kind of described it in in the international classification of disease but not as a disorder or disease but it's it's described as a occupational phenomenon so so it's kind of if you do want to have a definition then it's it's this phenomenon that is work related and which results in in like work related as i said before detachment and fatigue and decreased performance but but i as i said i also personally don't really like the term because because language matters are a little bit and and i think it's it's a bit catastrophizing because it's like you you can't give a clear recipe what to do against these types of feelings and and um I say it's connected to obviously to mental health. When you you stay in this chronic stress mode for a long time, you one probably starts to develop symptoms of depression, uh, which uh, which can be easily kind of described. Or or if you want to do a self check, like really like a non scientific self check, is that uh, or or check somebody else. It's like. Uh, it's three times minus M. So it's three three words that begin with M for a easy, easier memorization. So it's negative mood. So obviously if you're if you felt and, and the change is important. If if somebody was a jolly person before and now you see that they are kind of lethargic or, or, or appear sad for, for over some period of time, you can ask them like what's wrong? Like negative mood. So the second one is uh, in no particular order. It's it's negative musings or, or thoughts. Like you're you're thinking about thinking about negative stuff. So you're thinking about stuff that doesn't inspire you or or doesn't condone meaning into your life. But your thought process that if you re- reflect upon, like okay, what I'm thinking about, then if it's only stuff that's negative, that's that's sort of things that make you sad or 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 anxious or something like that, it's another warning sign. And then mm. the third warning sign, the third M is is negative motiva- motivation or decreased motivation, which is basically just the 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 will and and kind of uh, energy to do anything really. So if you're having like a decrease in in those three criterias or or any one of those three criterias, it's a possible warning sign like decreased mood, decreased motivation, negative thoughts or musings. Uh, so so and and these kind of are basically the symptoms for also depression mm-hmm. and 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 but but for if it's if it's work related, like you can't give like a clear. Uh, advice that okay if somebody's experiencing this like they should take a vacation no that's that's not so black and white because for some people taking a vacation and and getting rest functional rest like getting good sleep moving about eating well it can do the trick but at the same time for somebody else let's say if they just take a vacation but the only thing they will think about during the vacation is how much work they're gonna have to do when they come back it's not gonna help them in any, any way and and the other thing is that for for some people, which is also something to consider, if if when somebody is, is experiencing prolonged work related stress, and they do need to have a rest, but but maybe it makes sense for them to stay connected to the work while they're doing the rest, and and for some it's it's very uh, contraindicated. So so yeah, because because. We, 
it might be that some specialists they they actually kind of like their work they they take pride in their professionalism and if you cut that person totally out from the work environment they might feel worse mm. so it makes sense to to kind of people are different it makes sense to talk it through, talk about previous experience, like talk about, okay, you had a week-long vacation then, how did it feel then? Did you feel better when you came back? No, okay, what do we do need to then? Like, we need to decide, like, will you have a two-week vacation now? Will you change jobs? Will you will you take an easier workload? Like, maybe this current position is too much personal responsibility. And this is one thing I, I really like about, uh, about Pipedrive and, and Pipedrive engineering organization especially is that you have a lot of individual mobility uh, in in regards to your tasks for example the currently in, in pipe drive engineering um, the the like the team lead role is is something that literally every engineer can try we have focus teams for focus tasks we we call those teams mission teams or they they do a mission and and uh, leading a mission is something that somebody can just try that if it's something for them or not. So so you have these people who, who lead many missions, who are very experienced, uh, but you also do the, see the situations where, where a, like a junior engineer will lead a mission uh, and have seniors in their team doing technical work, but they are focused mostly on the leadership qualities and, and kind of working together with project management. And and also in other parts of organization, like you, we, we have quite a lot of... Uh, within company mobility like people change careers within the company uh for for different reasons so so this is something that needs to be considered like uh if somebody is experiencing prolonged occupational stress um do they need to change jobs completely do they need to take a prolonged rest or or maybe they just need to change a role or 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 their responsibility can be scaled you know, I've had problems in the past with uh, panic attacks, and um, it, it made me think of that when you mentioned about the importance of language, because like, yeah, panic attack is another example of like a really stupid name. It's two like very dramatic words, and like a, you shouldn't use the word attack. Like, and uh, part of the help I got was kind of uh, being taught how to rethink about these kind of things. And they're not panic attacks; they're moments of anxiety. You can accept them, kind of. You, you can let them wash over you. And and that was really important for me. Um, so absolutely agree with that. Um, like what kinds of range, without giving too much away, because obviously, you know, you, you've got to uh, keep people's trust and confidence. What kind of range of problems do you tend to get people uh, most commonly coming to you for? It's really, really different um, in the sense that but I would say like it's 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 all the way from with with some people it's it's like purely self-reflection and, and kind of self-development going into all the way into the topics like uh, uh, what's the meaning of life and, and, mm. and where this person should go like in the broader sense, right? Mm. Where where I don't take any role of expertise, but I, I just provide some reflection and kind of uh, provide the space where they can basically talk out loud and and reflect upon those topics, right? Mm, I would say if we count by kind of number, I, I've worked with uh, almost 100 people now, uh, 100 different people in Pipedrive. Um, so I think if I would count by number, most things are kind of self-performance and work-related, performance-related. Mm. But there is a range there as well. It can be, for example, like social anxiety and, and mm -hmm. trying to manage that better because Pipedrive, I think, is 
a bit more social compared to other IT focused companies like uh, um, you 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 have a lot of options to do like um, also present some topics and then kind of teach other engineers uh, so forth uh, so so social anxiety present your missions and then results and and these things so um, as opposed to kind of being very focused on your narrow area and your 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 own mm. computer. So you have the issue of, of social anxiety and then public speaking performance. Uh, you obviously time management is is a big thing. Uh, just wanting to become better and more efficient at organizing your time, spending less time on on kind of maybe on longer scale, uh, less meaningful things like browsing your social media or something mm-hmm. like that. This is this is a topic like wanting to become better, more efficient as a person, not oh, just. I need help with that. Yeah. Um, what what is surprising? What has been surprising, for example, is that kind of when the role was founded, we were expecting to get more like um, interpersonal conflict work because there there are things in in teams happening and kind of people feeling that that maybe there's some friction with somebody else but there's surprisingly little of that um but uh, but talking about things that are there is is also the mental health topics um there are people who because by going by the statistics it's like depends on on how you exactly count but probably I would, I think, around like ten percent people are mm. experiencing symptoms of depression at at, at any given moment. So, mm-hmm. if you take a company the size of six hundred people, then it's sixty people, right? It's ten um, percent of people in the whole world, like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, it can it can range like yeah. depending on if it's self report or clinical, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, but so so you do have people who, for example, develop mental health issues inside PipeDrive. You mentioned panic attacks. Like it's there have been cases where people have talked about their surprising anxiety, like they haven't had like thing like this before, and then mm. like having a dedicated role, it's a super low barrier of entry, right? You can you can basically send the message like, oh my god, I woke up with this terrible anxiety, mm. like what should I do, right? As opposed to like waiting for weeks to to get a doctor's appointment or something like that, um, uh, and I guess it's know. not always the people you might assume. It kind of of course, it, not, of course yeah. not. And and then there are people who who already, uh, for example, who join PipeDrive. They 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 do have existing mental health mm-hmm. conditions. Uh, they they have existing working relationships with their doctor and possibly clinical psychologist, but uh, then just having a role where they can talk to a person with uh, with kind of also professional background, it can be another welcome resource to mm. for for them to use. Like they're they're completely functional. They have joined PipeDrive this way, but uh, but it can kind of help to support them even even better in 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 the possible struggles they can have. It's so, really yeah. great that times have changed to an extent where there are companies that would know about those things in advance and still say kind of like, absolutely, you are valuable to this company. Like, well, it's well, usually like, it's uh, to to cut you off there, like often it, times companies doesn't the know yeah. about mm-hmm. that and they, they maybe shouldn't know and, and yeah. it should be, and, and if they like, it's it's it would be a very, very terrible thing if somebody would mm-hmm. be uh, discriminated on the on the on the basis of that but mm-hmm. but but they they can use that extra resource the company provides but i find it interesting that i guess in the past you would see kind of like 
getting support for your mental health as like a very big step to take in, in isolation. Mm. Whereas for you, kind of support for mental health is embedded into everything else you offer people. It's kind of, it's not like you're making a big decision to go see a therapist about your mental yeah. health. Yeah. You're seeing a personal coach yeah, yeah. anyway, and it's one yeah. thing you can yeah. talk about. Yeah, and at the same time, it's like even if the person comes like, oh, it's I, I, I let's say I want to develop better exercise habits, for example, which mm. is also something I've, I've like building habits, building functional habits is is very much a topic I, I talk to talk to a lot of people about that. Um, I still ask them like, oh, like I, I start the session with how are you feeling this morning? So so kind of maybe they haven't mm. thought about that. So and and even if it's like a overall mentally very healthy person they they talking to me they will take that second and, and reflect upon that okay so how am i actually feeling today and and does it bear any significance in addition to kind of like yeah the one-on-one -on -one coaching kind of what other broader measures do you have to to support people's well-being yeah first of all we care about our people mm. i think it starts from there and we choose the right people who fit to our organization. So the new, no excuses was one of the values that was presented, but there are many others like internal drive and, and so on. And uh, from there, it's also important that uh, we take care of our people and we ask how they are doing and we notice those differences what uh, Jorgen brought out. And obviously providing a good environment, which also hopefully lowers stress uh, because... We have, for example, dogs in the office, mm. which uh, I think will do make a big difference. Um, I do have now a dog myself, and I can see that uh, when I enter the office with my dog, like everybody are smiling. So it's very hard to be like stressed out when you cuddle the dog or something like that. Mm. And uh, yeah, we have like health days also. Uh, we um, we write this like possibility to take massage in the office or, or go to gym or we have take dedicated, a sauna. Uh, we have dedicated napping rooms. Yes, in, napping in room Tartu and a sauna. And, uh, Tartu and, and Tallinn office. And, and there is, uh, yeah, there is there is a sauna, which is often used like in a social context. But but I think the napping rooms are a really good like example because it's, it's like, um, I remember that from my onboarding. I was, I was kind of told that it's like, it's, it's if you're feeling groggy, whatever was the reason that you didn't get good enough sleep, right? It's mm. It doesn't make sense if you sit at your desk and, and kind of pretend to be awake, right? Mm. Go take that half an hour or, or or maybe even like 120 minutes like and, and then do some actual work, right? So you're saying uh, people don't get judged if they, uh, in the middle of the working day, get up and uh, go for a, a nap? Yeah, I don't think so. It's like nobody checks. And, and I have... Uh, not like in the new office, but in the old Tart office, I I have used that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think three, four times taking a like setting it. It was like a like in old office. It was just like a small room without windows, like and a couch basically. And and I just like it's. I wanted to get off my desk. Uh, was feeling sleepy. Put on a podcast for twenty minutes. Uh, laid down in dark room, like no screen. Mm -hmm. uh, set uh, set an alarm for for twenty minutes, which is like my personal preferred like uh, power nap time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was either I I just got my mind off by staying awake and listening to a podcast, and uh, or or I drifted away and and got a really mm -hmm. good like small nap. So maybe someone in pipe drive is listening to this right now in uh, a napping room. Yeah, can be, can be, can well be. You mentioned health days. What, what are the health days? 
So yeah, we, we provide uh, three extra days what people can use in one year to, to really charge their batteries. So, okay. um, so yeah, uh, it's used for just extending your vacation or, or taking care of your health. So we don't charge yeah. how to it's use like it. It's like no, no questions asked. It's like, okay. and, and people are also encouraged. Like they, and I've seen managers to do it. It's like is, is, if somebody is saying that, hey, like it's, it's, I feel really crappy today or, or it's like, uh, for example, in case of migraines, like lots of people have migraines, like no point in coming to work if you if you start the day with a migraine right it's you can just uh, and and at the same time it's maybe if if it's somebody who's who has migraine episodes um it's it's still a hassle to like phone your general practitioner doctor and kind of take an official day off but you can just take a health day so uh, mm-hmm. like you will tell to your manager that i won't come in today and and that's that and some people listening to this um, will be thinking, this all sounds awesome, but they, they don't have room for a sauna um, in their office or if they're working from home. Um, maybe they do have space they can nap, but like, what are the broader lessons that people can take away from this? If you are like a very small company, um, what lessons can you take from the kind of culture and what you've seen that works for helping people work more productively, be more motivated, more mentally healthy? I would say it's it's for starters it's like make make mental health a topic that is openly talked about mm. and 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 kind of especially like it's if it's like a already a company of let's say 10 people right you you have their people who are like more responsibility who have more responsibilities for people right you have some specialists who are very focused on their like specialist role, but you have somebody who is kind of more of a people manager. They might be doing a specialist job as well. So that's something that comes with a with the role of manager is that be aware that that mental health is a thing. Uh, it's very connected to physical health. So so kind of build this rapport and trusting relationship with your with your uh, coworkers. So you can talk about these things. Like find out if they do engage in exercise. Find out what are their mental health practices. Um, there's there's like in regards to mental health uh, if you could say one magic bullet is take care of your physical health and, mm-hmm. and kind of it will support your mental health mm. other things are, are very very individual like like some people thrive well while they're very connected to work all the time some people don't um, some people really like the, the mindfulness measures which kind of used to be this uh all the rage about like in startups five five to to ten years ago. Now it has kind of died down a little bit, but but still is used. But it's not also like while mindfulness and and kind of it's a really easy access mental health practice. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's it's not for everybody. So so if if maybe it makes sense for the small startup to to kind of do like a short breathing session together every Monday, but, but don't, don't judge that one guy who says that he doesn't want to do it because. Yeah. yeah. Because I guess like um, some people think a great company culture is like socializing with your colleagues outside of work and doing lots of things. And then some people working in the same place will think a great company culture is being able to get away from them at the end of the day and go to your own, have your separate life. Yeah, and, and actually actually, I think a, a good company, especially if it grows, you can't have all the people alike. Mm. It's, it's like statistically impossible. Also, if you're going to bring in different people, you're more likely to get different talents. So, uh, so yeah, it's, and, and this is also kind of why, why like the, 
like the traditional team building, like going out with their colleagues or something. It's it just needs to be kept in mind that uh, that what basically whatever you're doing, it's it's never gonna be for everybody. So so think about how let's say you go I don't know you you go karting together right mm-hmm. and and it's going to be great for for eight people out of 10 but also then consider like okay there's two people who don't like noise and driving and they won't come so so how you're going to include them tomorrow mm-hmm. because it's going to be important because it's if you just focus on kind of these team building fun activities there's always going to be somebody left out or there's always going to be somebody who who can't make it who or who won't enjoy the experience so 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 you need to kind of think one step ahead and it's like how is that person going to get involved how are we building the connections with them as well mm-hmm. and and for example this one-on-one culture talking to talking to people about how they're doing can be one way to do that yeah and and kind of socializing around also common goals like talking about mm, talking about and reiterating like what are our common goals and common values there's actually a i have conducted quite a few workshops now in in pipe drive as well where it's been like a small team who who wants like a team building event there's a free tool called team canvas um it's kind of inspired by business model canvas which is probably familiar for for quite a lot of listeners Mm, i think it's yeah if you google team canvas you'll you'll, you'll find it uh, which is just a canvas for a team to talk through like what are their shared uh interests what are their shared values what are their individual strengths and weaknesses as members of the team etc etc and this is really functional team building because it provides this sense of connection and at the same time it's kind of it's literally building this team in relation to the goal that the team is having. Mm-hmm. And I think it all starts from hiring. Even if you have a very small team, make sure that you have someone who is more caring and more noticing people around. Uh, and uh, and many things you can do without any big budget as well. People have already their own hobbies and interests, what they maybe want to share with others and so on. So I think even if you are a very, very small startup, you can already have a lot of good things in place and mm. uh, and start with uh, knowing exactly what you want in your uh, environment and in your culture. And how do you measure the success of uh, what you're doing? How do you know that kind of you're establishing a good uh, company culture? How do you know that kind of your work is having a, a good impact on overall morale? I think it's coming from the feedback. When you go to the office and you see happy people there mm. who would like to actually socialize with their colleagues or um, we do also employee MPS surveys where we get uh, very um, different feedback obviously both good and bad because it's it's important to also work on those things what mm-hmm. could be improved and uh, not to hide them somewhere under the table so so I think it's this open culture and uh, then that you know that you can actually share openly if you uh, if you think something should be improved because we all work for the same goal and yeah. uh, we all should be contributing to make it better. Uh, is it uh, the culture, the, the environment or, or the product? I want to tell you the best experience I had um, in this area when I was working for a kind of a small, fast growing company. Um, and I was having my problems with kind of with stress and like with confidence. Um, and I had a chat with, you know, we didn't, we weren't big enough to have a, a 
personal coach or, or anything like that. We didn't even have like kind of HR, but I had a chat with the CEO and um, when I was chatting to him, kind of we were thinking through different ideas and it came up in conversation that, well, there's a, a boxing club near me, which I thought looked really interesting. And so he said, okay, well, the company's going to sponsor your boxing. And uh, so he paid for kind of weekly lessons. He paid for gloves and like boxing outfit for me. Um, and at the time I thought that was like amazing. Um, you know, the, the cost of that investment in my boxing career, which never did take off, but the cost of that investment like was so valuable compared to how it made me more motivated at work, um, how that developed my confidence. And yeah, and it, I guess it's a good example of like taking an individual approach. There's no kind of one size fits all. There's no one solution for everyone. You've got to listen to the person and figure out what works best for them. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And and kind of more universally. Uh, and also to inspire like all those small company CEOs and 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 small company like there was this one HR person. Like you don't have to step outside the area of your expertise and figure it out. Like it's it's help the person to find a good psychologist or or in case of if it's like a more seems like a more uh, actual mental health issue, a psychiatrist first, like help them find a good specialist. Mm, allow the kind of, as you said, like you can you can finance one session with a private practitioner. If they say they didn't like it, like uh, finance another with somebody else. So mm. so because with, with these specialists, you kind of need to have a more personally fitting uh, relationship. So uh, and and also statistically, obviously, I'm biased here, but but kind of the money invested in mental health and and in in, in mental health specialist, it yields actually a very good return. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the person can figure out together with somebody neutral what's a good step for them to take. Maybe it's 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 going boxing, right? Mm-hmm. I this has been really valuable. Like I've learned a lot today, which I'm gonna do differently. Um, but I think. I guess the main thing we've learned today is is start talking and start acknowledging that mental health is something that affects all of us. Um, you know, make sure you do block out time uh, for other things other than just working intensely on work. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, seek out a mentor, seek out a coach. You know, if you if you can hire someone like you, then that is obviously the best thing possible. Um, but still, you know, there's various levels leading up to that where you can get some outside support on a very small basis if you're starting out. Or if you can seek out a mentor who, um, yeah, someone that you respect, someone a bit more senior than you um, in the same kind of industry who understands the issues you're facing. And and I really want to kind of normalize seeing an actual mental health specialist mm-hmm. as well, because like, what's the worst can happen? They're yeah. going to tell you that you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So if someone is, there must be someone listening to this who is having problems and they haven't uh, spoken to anyone about it and they, they don't know where to start. Maybe they are a first time founder they don't have a support network around them what should they do well it obviously depends on the on the financial side as well but if you do have the the money i would say the the quickest is to find like an established and and trusted what seems like an established and trusted private clinic and and maybe start from either a psychologist or a psychiatrist there mm. And and if you go and you don't like the experience, like give feedback about it, and and they're gonna recommend you another one mm-hmm. uh, with with somebody else. So so don't 
or if they seem to take it personally, then they're definitely not the person you should be talking to anyway. So, so, so yeah, give, give mental health specialists uh, a mm-hmm. try and, and, and see what value can they offer. And if you don't have the money, go public. Yes, to, to, and... to the national healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially if you, if you are struggling with, with finances, want to go to the national healthcare system, uh, you can start from your uh, general practitioner. Uh, open up the topic with them. They can actually refer somebody also to a psychologist uh, in Estonia. And um, and for psychiatrists, you can book a time with psychiatrists without going through your GP first. So so you can go directly. Just uh, do it well in advance because the you the waiting time can be in months. Mm. Lelia, you're going like I found this so valuable. Um, for one thing, I'm going to stop talking about work-life balance, and uh, I'm going to stop talking so dramatically about burnout. Um, but I'm also going to, you know, use a lot of the advice you've given me. Uh, I'm sure people listening uh, will take away lots of valuable lessons from this as well. So thank you so much for talking to us about Pipe Drive and talking to us uh, about your experiences. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Thank you. And so you've been listening to the Startup in Estonia podcast produced by Startup Estonia. I keep following us at Startup Estonia on social media for more content like this. Um, and also to find out how Estonia is supporting startups uh, with both local entrepreneurs and international founders. And uh, if you want to add to the conversation, if, you know, if you've been listening to the show and the things you want to add, then please like use the hashtag Startup in Estonia um, on whichever social media you prefer. And I uh, would love to keep chatting to you there. Thank you.